0: This is Bill Woods speaking to you from my beautiful sound studio in Sun Sun Valley, Arizona. And I want to talk to you today about God's three appointments with every person. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. All of us make appointments. You make appointments with doctors or dentists. Make appointment if you have children with a child's teacher at school, you make business appointments, you make social appointments, and if you're young and still dating, you make romantic appointments so that you can meet the love of your life. Some people make appointments with no intention of keeping them. I can remember times when I have said I would deal with somebody in counseling and they said, okay, we'll be there. I got ready and I was stood up because they never showed up for the counseling session. There are others who are always late for their appointments. A few who always show up early. Do you know that God has made some appointments with you? He has made a point with each of us in the place of prayer and worship when God's people come together. Matthew 18 20 says for Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. He has made other appointments with us. He's appointed us to ministry of mercy to the needy. Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as much as the king shall, anth- uh, shall, as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. He has appointment with us at the door of the hearts of our unsaved friends. Ezekiel 3.18 says, When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. That's a pretty scary scripture. I, from the time I started preaching in, in, in my uh, late teen years, I, that was one of the ones that I wanted to make sure that I was very careful about, that I followed God's instructions because I don't want people's blood upon my hands if you already belong to christ god wants to use you to tell your unsaved friends and neighbors about god's love so that they have a chance to get saved so they can spend eternity in heaven with you and with him rather than eternity in hell where they're lost revelation 3:20 says behold i stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me our job is to help people realize that Jesus Christ is knocking on the door, wanting to come in and change their lives. As we obey his commission, he's promised in Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Today I want to think specifically of three appointments that God has made with every man, woman, and child. Two of these appointments are inevitable, inescapable, and unavoidable. Each of us, without exception, will keep these two appointments with God on time. We'll be unable to postpone or to get a reappointment. These two appointments are mentioned in our text of Hebrews 9.27, and as is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment i want to talk first about our appointment with god at death most of us are allergic to the thought of death we especially our own we we can't imagine our seeing ourselves as a corpse we do all we can to keep from thinking about it we try to keep the best health possible so we can put off the possibility of death as long as possible Uh, i heard about two christian science men who visited a sick man once a week for several months each time they left him they would say now don't worry Fred you only think you're sick one day they showed up at the home and were met by Fred's wife and she said you can't see Fred today he thinks he's dead we try to dress death up in beauty when it comes we change terms so they sound less harsh I I hear people say well before he passed Meaning before he died, you know, listen no matter how rich or healthy or powerful a person is, it is necessary for him to keep that appointment with God in death. No matter how holy a person is, they'll not escape death. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Isaiah, John, Paul, Augustine, Martin Luther, on and on, all these great men have died great political power won't help you avoid your appointment with death either washington lincoln roosevelt churchill kennedy reagan all have died all had to stand before god in judgment it may be a sterile hospital or your home or on the highway or from an atomic blast that death will come to you but it will come the time is uncertain but all of us will meet god at the appointed time of death unless we're taken out when jesus christ raptures the church that is why we should be ready uh second appointment our appointment with god in judgment again hebrews 9 27 and as it is appointed men once to die but after this the judgment we don't march off into oblivion through the doorway of death we're not recycled so that we come back in another life we go to meet god in judgment where we'll give an account of the life that we've lived and the decisions that we made especially an issue will be the question what did you do with jesus christ i hear many fools say hell no big deal when i get to hell i'll be so busy shaking hands with all my friends that i won't have time to notice the fire my how some people joke about hell let me tell you it's not a laughing matter it won't be a place to joke if you get there this is the testimony of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. The second chapter of Romans says, the judgment of God will be according to truth. It's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth that will give an accounting for when we stand before Almighty God. God's not going to buy into any excuses because He knows the real truth. This is what most people dread. Romans 2:2 2, 2 says, But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Excuses may seem to work today, but not then. I hear people say, well, there's just too many hypocrites, and I just don't want to go to church because of all the hypocrites. Listen, there are hypocrites every place you go. Why don't you try to be closer to God than they are? Uh, By the way... You aren't going to straighten God out over your grievances when you stand before him. I used to work with a wicked, foul-mouthed old lady who thought she was going to lecture God on all the things she thought he had done wrong when she stood before him. I imagine she's dead now because she's so old then, and I would say, boy, was she surprised when she met Jesus Christ and stood before the throne. The judgment of God will be to every man according to his deeds. Romans chapter 2 verse 6. Both the good and the evil is recorded in God's words or God's records. And at the day of judgment we will face the total record. Numbers 32 23 says be sure your sins will find you out. The only way to avoid judgment of sin is to apply the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you from all sin. Christians say things like, Jesus died for you. You must be cleansed by the blood of Christ. I attended a movie, or the movie, The Passion of Christ, several years ago when it first came out. I noticed there were some dumb teenagers standing in line behind me. One of them said, why should I care about some stupid Jew getting executed 2,000 years ago? That really means nothing to me. Uh, he'd be surprised how much that really means to him the question is often asked why is christ's death any more important than all the military deaths who have perished to protect our nation they died for us too they shed their blood to keep us free or they'll go on for that matter anyone who dies to save another why is their blood less important than christ well the answer is you have to go back to genesis genesis and the account of adam and eve in the garden of eden god placed them in the most beautiful part of his creation actually heaven on earth or paradise every one every want or need that they had was cared for they were allowed full control of the garden and all the animals in it there was only one restriction they could eat from every tree in the garden they could go anywhere they wanted to in the garden but they were told to leave one tree in the center of the garden alone. They were not to eat from that tree. God had created them with the power of choice. They had free will to choose if they'd obey God or not. God warned them if they disobeyed, they'd ruin everything and they would die. And there's three kinds of death. Spiritual death where we're separated from God. Eventually physical death where this body is laid down our spirit goes off to eternity and eternal death which would be separation from from god for all eternity god had already evicted satan lucifer and a third of his angels from heaven because of their rebellion well to make a long story short satan showed up in the garden lied to and tempted adam and eve and they yielded to satan's enticement disobeyed god's command and changed the whole wonderful setup that God had given to them. They were thrown out of the garden. Now they had to work hard to exist. Now they suffered pain, sickness, and death, and all the byproducts of sin. They ruined the whole wonderful existence that they had enjoyed before their rebellion. Another byproduct of the rebellion is that sin entered the human race and all their descendants would now be born with sin and rebellion in their natures. Adam and Eve's disobedience to God would create inbred sin in every child born to the race. Every sweet little baby would have a sinful nature that would land him in hell someday unless someone could figure out how to remedy this horrible situation. You can read this whole terrible story in Genesis chapter 2 and 3. Because sin brought death to the human race and the wages of sin is death, something had to be done to pay the price for dying in our sins. In the Old Testament, animals were sacrificed in death and their blood would atone temporarily for man's sin. Uh, This practice required untold numbers of animals dying and shedding their blood as substitutes for man's sinful living. Uh, The reason that This had to be done was as a reminder of how terrible sin really is. Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. This wasn't satisfactory because these sacrifices had to be repeated over and over and over because men kept sinning. Something or someone who was part of the human race with no sin of his own had to represent the whole sinful race and die as a substitute for man's sin to pay the price of redemption and redeem mankind from sin the only plan was for god's perfect son with no sin no sin that he had ever done be our substitute and die in our place fulfilling the requirement for the wages of sin he had to be part of the human race and still be without sin therefore mary a virgin would bear this perfect baby to qualify him as being human. God would be his father to fulfill the need to be divine. Jesus, while he was on earth, would be tempted in every way, yet without sin, to qualify as the savior of the fallen race. That's what it means that Jesus died for our sins. Because he was sinless, his death carried our reconciliation to God without Uh, where a soldier's death, though heroic, couldn't redeem us from sin and provide us a place for us in heaven because he has his own sins. That's why the shed blood of Jesus Christ atones for our sins. And the only way to avoid the judgment of sin is to let God apply the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you from sin, to confess your sins to him, accept Jesus as your Savior, and let God cleanse your life. If you don't accept what Christ has done for you and you don't repent of your sin and confess unto Jesus and accept that he is your Savior, you will not get to heaven. You will spend eternity in hell with no hope of ever getting out. With God, there will be no spatial allowances or partiality shown to favored people or groups of people. Romans chapter 2, 11 said, For there is no respect of persons with God in some places a person's political affiliation affects the justice he receives in many places his color decides his treatment usually a man's money can be wielded to help him evade many of the demands of justice it will not be like that when we face the impartial god the word of god will be the standard by which we will be judged romans two sixteen, in the day when god shall judge the secrets of men by jesus christ according to my gospel it won't be public opinion uh i added that but it will not be public opinion it will not be telephone polls on issues it will not be self-evaluation it won't make one bit of difference if everyone else does it or not we will be judged by the truth of god did you repent and accept jesus christ as your lord and savior that's all that will matter. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father yet but by me. The date has been set. The judge has been appointed. Acts 17:31 says, Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. By the way, jesus christ will be the one that decides if your sins have been forgiven and you go to heaven there won't be somebody like joseph smith or buddha or any of these people that will be involved in the judgment they will be judged themselves but they won't have a thing to say about your eternal destiny only jesus the judgment will be universal and the verdict will be final there will be no mist- mistrials there'll be no repeals there will be no mistakes There'll be no miscarriage of justice. You have, you know, you have to know Jesus as your personal Savior. You have one other appointment with God which you can keep, but aren't forced to do so. That's your appointment with God at Calvary. The most important appointment God has made with you is Calvary, where God sacrificed his only begotten Son. John 3 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Here is the place God has appointed that you meet him in order to prepare to meet him in death and judgment without fear of being lost or rejected. God will not force you to keep this appointment. At Calvary, the awful, vile, evil nature of your sin is most dramatically revealed. When you see the cross and realize that Christ was dying as your substitute, paying the penalty of your sin in your place, I think you'll stop ignoring God's wonderful plan for your life. You'll quit trying to hide your sin. You'll no longer try to explain away your evil life you will no longer be able to treat lightly the fact of sin god has appointed that you meet him at the foot of the cross where jesus christ was bruised for your iniquities where the chastisement of your peace was placed upon him where his blood was shed for your atonement god would have you meet him at calvary where in second corinthians 5:21, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that, he might be, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When you come to Calvary to meet God, you see the awful penalty of sin. Ezekiel 18.20 says, The soul that sinneth it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him kind of takes care of the excuse well my mother was a wonderful christian so god will let me into heaven or i attended church with christians and god will let me in it's a personal thing you need to personally repent personally accept christ as your savior on the cross christ met the penalty for your sins either you must let the death of jesus meet the requirements of your sin or you must pay that penalty yourself which would be eternity in hell that means forever 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 with no ending i wonder if you understand the words of your soul god demonstrated how much you are worth when jesus christ stepped into history and took on the form of man every man has three appointments with god every person is going to face god someday my prayer is that you will accept christ and what he's done for you in redemption. And when you stand before God Almighty, that you can stand as one of God's children. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I pray for those that are listening today. I would ask God that any that don't know you as their personal Savior will take into account the fact that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for their sin, and they only need to confess to you, accept what he has done, and and allow you To put their name in the book of life. Father, I just pray that you'll help them to make that decision because one day we all are going to face eternity. We will either face eternity with you and be with you in heaven, or God will be separated from you and be tormented in hell forever. Help us to make the right decision, I pray. I love you, God, and I I thank you for coming and dying on a cross for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to get in touch with me again, my email is revwm at gmail at gmail.com That's Rev. William W. Woods at gmail.com Or you can write to me at Box 4031 Sun Valley, Arizona 86029 God bless you. I've trust that the lord is your savior and i trust if he isn't that you will soon make him your savior we're praying for you in jesus name